Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Women in Foreign Policy podcast. This month, we did something a little bit different, and you'll be seeing three mini-sodes in your podcast feed. All three episodes are conversations with people who have different perspectives on choices around going to graduate school or professional school, whether that's getting a master's, getting a law degree, or getting a PhD. Hopefully you really enjoy these conversations and you find them helpful as we're entering a season where people start making decisions about graduate school and other professional opportunities in that vein. My name is Elisa Ramirez. I'm currently uh, the Deputy Chief of Staff and Legislative Director for Congressman Tom Malinowski. Uh, He represents the 7th District of New Jersey. So I've worked with him now and he's a freshman member. It's going to be two years uh, in just a few weeks. But overall, I've been on Capitol Hill for nearly a decade. I'm originally from Orange County, California, right after I graduated, which was 2012. I had to think about that. (laughs) I went to DC two weeks after I graduated. I flew to DC, uh, did a few internships, fellowships on Capitol Hill, eventually secured Uh, a Hill job, but I've worked briefly. My trajectory was uh, started off on the Senate, worked for Senator Bob Menendez, who at the time was chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I was a fellow uh, and I I worked at his official office, but also for the Foreign Relations Committee and then uh, Senator Barbara Boxer. And then uh, I, I jumped from Senate to the House side and I worked for Congressman Mike Capuano for a number of years, handling his foreign policy national security portfolio. And then in my current capacity, so as Deputy Chief of Staff and Legislative Director, so I am now in a position where I handle all the issues (laughs) and I manage a team of of four and uh, I certainly manage the day-to-day legislative strategy and all the top legislative projects uh, for my boss, which do consist of foreign policy appropriations projects and the transportation infrastructure top projects as well. And as we've talked before, you are currently um, pursuing a master's degree. And I would love to hear a little bit more about the degree as well as maybe you're thinking going into seeking it out. So I'm actually very excited to talk about this. So as I alluded to earlier, I've been on Capitol Hill for some time, and my policy background is in foreign policy. And so my trajectory leading up into this point with an advanced degree, and let me start with, so I'm currently pursuing a master's degree in national security and defense of strategy studies at the Naval War College. Second year, it's a three-year program, so I'm in the halfway point. Why I decided the uh, national security defense route, I, um, because I got to tell you, when I first graduated from college, actually during college, I thought I was going to go straight to law school or maybe just take one to two years off. And I know just based off of observing and engaging with so many young professionals, that tends to be um, a common thing that I've heard. So that's what I thought I was going to do. And then many years later, because I knew I always wanted to pursue an advanced degree, but I just didn't know what that would be. And so I decided because I have so much experience in foreign policy, 
observing and just getting so many coffees, um, as we say in DC, these informational interviews about how to, what degree or degrees to separate me, to make me an even more attractive uh, professional, not even candidate for the next job, right? But just like as a professional um, to separate me from the bunch. And that was, at least in the foreign policy world, a lot of professionals either are experts in foreign policy or in defense, but not both. And it took me a few years um, to reach that conclusion, which is completely okay, right? Um, this was insight that I definitely didn't have straight out of college. And so that is why I decided to get a master's degree in the national security defense area, because even though I've worked on those issues, but not intimately compared to foreign policy. So I knew that, all right, the master's degree, and especially at the Naval War College, a very um, prestigious institution in the defense community, I was like, this is perfect. Uh, so that's my thought process behind pursuing this master's degree was. And maybe another aspect of that is, you know, in this in-between time after graduating from undergrad, but before mm -hmm. pursuing this advanced degree, what were some obstacles that you found that have kind of presented themselves without having an advanced degree that oh, pushed you in that direction? Yeah, so that's a very interesting question. I truly think it depends, because keep in mind too, I've only worked on Capitol Hill. Um, since after I graduated from college. So I don't have, at least firsthand, anything to compare it to. I will give you some observations that others have told me with, say, the private sector. But for me personally, an advanced degree on Capitol Hill, it really, really depends on what you want to do. So even though I was a fellow and I, I worked for Mr. Menendez, um, years ago, Senate Foreign Relations Committee, um, my my path has been uh, working for members at their personal offices, right? And so what I will tell you is you don't necessarily, every office is different though. I can just speak to, speak about the offices that I worked at, but you didn't need an advanced degree to move up the ladder. However, I will say that the current chairman, so the the House Foreign Relations, excuse me, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and even the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, there, and I know a lot of folks on on both committees. They, uh, there are a lot of people that have advanced degrees. So I would say it depends on who is the the chairman or the chairwoman at the time, and detecting what type of pedigree those staffers have, like detecting what that theme is among the staff for instance like chairman angle certainly they're they're fabulous and a lot of them do have advanced degrees so one uh could easily conclude that all right i think it could be helpful um to secure a position on the committee so uh for those that are reading this or, or listening to this um keep that in mind as well that's how i would go about it and that's just capitol hill but for me again for the most part, didn't run into obstacles because I didn't have an advanced degree. So, but it could be different for, for others. That's good to know. Um, touching on something you mentioned a little bit earlier, what yeah. are your thoughts maybe on a professional degree like a law degree for people who are interested in the international affairs field or foreign policy more generally? And how yeah. can you reconsider that path? 
Yeah, well, that's funny. So in my mind, I'm still thinking, you never know, I could go to law school. (laughs) Um, But I would say, because I didn't need the law degree when working on Capitol Hill, it wasn't necessary. I would say, well, for instance, say if I wanted to pursue a council position on whether it's a foreign affairs committee or another committee, certainly the judiciary committee, then yeah, I would say that that should be a requirement. But since that was not a top priority for me, that's why I I just reassessed. Because I got to tell you, with pursuing this current master's degree, it's been so refreshing. It's just re-energized me. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn in all the different ways, including academia. So that's been really exciting for me. So I say that, okay, a law degree, I haven't ruled that out, but it just wasn't necessary at the time. Now, in general, uh, you asked a law degree in the international affairs field, what, what could that look like? What I encourage people to do is, and let's just use a a few examples, some of the prominent uh, institutions in D.C., uh, CSIS, or it could be the Woodrow Wilson Center, or it can be the Council on Foreign Relations. It really depends on the positions that you want to pursue. And so what I recommend is reaching out to folks that are in current positions that you would like to eventually have, right? And checking out and asking them directly, Uh, I always recommend just go straight to the source and ask them, look on LinkedIn, what their advanced degrees are. If it's a law degree, ask them directly like, hey, do you use your law degree? And and how do you use your law degree in your current capacity, right? And let's just say it's somebody, a counsel at CSIS and get better insight from there. That's how I would go about it. That's actually what I I did for a number of years, I'm talking about three to four years, I asked so many, there are a lot of lawyers in DC. So I asked so many people from the State Department, from uh, think tanks, from, I mean, folks that, that worked at the White House. And these were folks that, yes, were foreign policy experts or also um, experts in other fields. I just wanted to know how people have used their law degrees, or maybe they, they didn't at that time, but when they did, what did that look like? But I'm giving you more of a general answer, but hopefully that's helpful to some folks as they they try to navigate whether they should pursue a law degree or another degree for that matter. That's what I did. And it helped me figure out which degree made sense for me uh, at that time, right? Because I think a lot of it has to deal with timing too. Yeah, that is a lot of, you know, similar to advice I've received as well as speaking to people who are in those positions now. And thinking about, you know, the other considerations you made, both career and not career, and then the considerations of your peers, maybe what are some considerations people may have for attending graduate school or considerations you think people should take into account when considering grad school? So we we have to talk about the elephant in the room, right? I'm not going to suggest any policy here, but it's clear that when you're pursuing an advanced degree, you have to take into account tuition, right? Like there's no other way to to go about that. I know a lot of folks that chose not to pursue an advanced degree just solely based on that. It's expensive. I get that. Um, So considering that, Right. And I always encourage everyone to state your case as to why you should get a full scholarship or at least a partial scholarship. That's 
the most important thing. And then like, that should be plan A. That was certainly plan A for me. And then plan B, uh, if you don't get any scholarship money, then because I'm just assuming that a lot of folks don't have a safety net so that they can easily pay off their tuition in full or even partial. But um, that's something you need to consider because it's, it's a lot of that's a lot of debt. It's unfortunate that that's the, the reality. Um, for so many advanced degrees. But I also think that if this is what you want, right, whether it's a law degree or a master's degree in X or even a, a medical degree, I also think if that's what you want, that's how you want to contribute to the world. And you do believe, you strongly believe that this will help you reach your goal, then go for it. Keep in mind, I would say with with the money, I've always gone uh, back and forth for years about that. And then also something that, at least in DC, again, because I don't know what the the cultural dynamic is, say in New York City or Chicago or just another area in the country, but at least in DC, I want to demystify right now. Let's just say if you want to be uh, the the Secretary of Defense, right? That is that is your dream job and you want to get there like that is it and you strongly think that getting an advanced degree in defense strategy studies will secure you this dream job what i found is that's not necessarily true so much of these dream jobs it's not solely based on the advanced degree you have to make sure that you are constantly working your network with work experience right that you are positioning yourself in such a way that that complements your pedigree and accolades like that's very important and that's what i've learned as well like there are so many parts to this and then at the end of the day it's timing too right uh, which is something that we can't control, but you can certainly be prepared, right? Getting an advanced degree, the work experience, the network, timing and luck. And so I, I do believe that. So going back to my first point, if you want that advanced degree, do it because you want it. Not so much that um, people are telling you this is the only way to achieve your dreams. I don't think that's true. So just keep that in mind as well, because I, I only mentioned that because I, I used to think like that years ago. And I quickly found out that there are a lot of moving parts to this and uh, you need to excel in all these different components. And I, I think that's the part that sets you up for the best positions, the best opportunities, um, or not the best opportunities, but they will come across your desk because of all the other hard work that you put into um, on the on the other components that I mentioned. So, What are some additional barriers that women or minorities may face both in graduate school and professionally with or without these degrees? Um, okay, so I would say without the degree, I've noticed that, and this is just based off of observations and folks that have told me directly uh, that have experience in the private sector specifically, and that is if you don't have an advanced degree, and this is generally, it may uh, hinder you from negotiating a higher salary, right? This is generally though. Now, if you do have one, you can use that as a, as a benefit, which is great. That, but that's what I've heard. I haven't experienced that firsthand on Capitol Hill, though. So just keep that in mind. So that's without a degree. And then with the degree, I mean, can I say that for me right now, it's timing was everything because I currently don't have 
kids, but do you plan on having kids in the next few years? I can see that being a barrier in terms of just the work-life balance, right? That's not going to stop me (laughs) if I want to keep pursuing more advanced degrees, but I can see that being a barrier. And I'll just tell you a few friends that, um, uh, they have a master's degree, but they, they want to pursue a PhD, but they're waiting right now because their kids are very young. And so they have decided to um, pursue the PhD later on, which is there's nothing wrong with, but just something that they had to consider. And, you know, they made that choice. And but that's uh, that was a recent conversation that I had with a friend. So just wanted to share it. Uh, here because I suspect that other women or families have also gone through um, that specific barrier. And then I just want to come to our final question, which um, is a bit general, but and, and two part, um, which would be what advice, you know, do you have to people at this stage when they're considering these choices and they're considering an advanced degree? And the second part to that is just anything additional that you'd like to add that you think I may have missed here or hasn't been covered in the answers you've given so far? So really do your homework about what type of advanced degree you want, uh, the schools that you you want to apply to, and a lot of it, I think, should be based off of, right, and also whether you want to do part-time or full-time. Uh, I forgot to mention that. That was huge for me. Uh, I'm now this professional that at least right now, who knows, that can change in the next few years, but I was looking at part-time programs. I knew that early on because I wanted to continue working. So you need to know that because that, that's going to narrow down your search, I would say. And I was only looking at schools in the, the DMV area, so the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. So know that too. And that's for anybody, right? It doesn't have to be someone who's already uh, uh, well into the career, but even young professionals, recent college graduates. But yeah, so I knew I wanted to do part-time, but if you're open to both, great, opens up more opportunities, which areas I think that's, and the alumni uh, base, what does that look like? That was huge for me as well. Another reason why I chose the the Naval War College, they have a stellar alumni association, folks that are doing fabulous things, Department of Defense, White House, Capitol Hill, I mean, all over and across the country too. So I found that very attractive. So keep those things in mind. And there can be other priorities too. Say you want to work specifically in um, New York City, or maybe you want to go on the West Coast, whatever it may be, right? But if you can, try to narrow that down because I do think that's helpful as well. Because when you, um, let's just say a law degree, when I was doing all that research, asking people all the questions I would ask them too, what would you take into account when shopping around? for uh, where you want to go for a law degree. And they said definitely the location because that determined your internships, your summer internships, and eventually where you wanted to work. So that's just a few things to consider as well. And then general advice would be, honestly, because it's so, we've already mentioned this, but I get it. Like it's so daunting for many reasons, but especially the money. But I do think, Listen, if you want this advanced degree and you still haven't pursued it, 
and that was me for, for some time. I just, I kept thinking about it for years and years. And then I eventually just pulled the trigger. I just encourage you to do a, a thorough assessment, do your homework, um, ask as many questions with the alumni that have pursued the degree that you want at the institution, the university that you're interested in. But at the end of the day, like, if this is what you want, and you don't, you are still not moving to reach that goal, just do it. Like there's nothing holding you back at that point. Just do it. I'm, I'm someone that was in that position and I'm just so happy that I, I made that decision. I'm just truly enjoying learning with being an expert in, in this area and excited about once I'm finished with my degree, what my career, like the even other opportunities that can open up, right? Just based on this degree and who knows with career opportunities uh, in national security and defense, like what that can lead to. And so I hope that others, especially the ones that I'm going to say that may feel stuck. That's how I felt. So I think you should just pull the trigger. Don't hold back. And uh, I think you will be pleasantly surprised. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Remember that there are two others that you should definitely check out in our podcast feed. As always, it was a real pleasure speaking to these women, and we really appreciate the time that they gave us and the incredibly useful perspectives they provided. Thank you for joining us this month and every month. We hope that this is a useful place for you to find information about the decisions you're making in your own career, and we really value anything you guys have to say. So please tweet at us, email us, leave us messages on Instagram. The social media team makes sure all that information gets to us. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on whatever app you use. That helps other people find us and it raises us up in the rankings, which is one of the most helpful things you can do to help our podcast be found by other listeners. You can follow the organization's Twitter at Women in Foreign Policy, and if the work we're doing means a lot to you, please consider supporting us via PayPal at Lucy Goulet or on Patreon at Women in Foreign Policy. We are an all-volunteer team, so that means your support goes even further. We love the work we do, and we absolutely couldn't do it without listeners like you. Thank you all so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.